Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Two high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making No need for oven Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H-Cubed, up in this bitch Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We back with another episode this week, and of course, this week, as promised, we are coming with an album review. My man Cooper on this week's suggestions or picks this week. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with a uh, young white boy out of Kentucky. Um, damn, uh, damn, I'm fucking fucking name right now. <laughs> what is my man's name right now? Dog? Jack Harlow. <laughs> Jack Harlow from Kentucky. I remember where the man was from, but now his goddamn name. That's a shame. <laughs> but my man Jack Harlow. All right, now mind y'all. You know, um, I had been aware of my man before. Like, you know, I, I think you might have been Grammy nominated. I could be mistaken. Don't don't kill me if, if that wasn't the case. But he had a lot of um, that song was popping. Was, was I guess no pun intended popping. Yeah, it was huge. You know what I'm saying? It was huge. You know what I mean? And so much so, it got the uh, the remix, which is on the album with uh, Wayne, Baby, and um, uh, Tory Lanez. Yep. So. Um, I knew he was, you know, and of course he was in the all-star game with Quavo and, you know, pe- people saw that he could ball and, and everybody, the hood loves a white boy that could ball and rap, mm-hmm. right? That, that's exactly. just the truth of it. Exactly. So that, so that, that I feel like it just pushed his embrace of the black community even more. It's like, yeah, dog, you can hoop and you can rap good and you can kind of sort of sing kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, like, let's okay, on. you invited to the barbecue, Jack. You invited to the barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, and I feel like that's kind of when he kind of, because that's the thing about, there's a lot of intricacies when it comes to being a white rapper. Let's just be real. Mm-hmm. Let's really just is. be real. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not saying this to to victimize them or to, you know, bring, you know, whatever to them. But like, I do feel like there's like intricacies to it. Like that you, in order to not seem corny, to not seem like a culture vulture, to not seem like a lot of things, you have to fit in in a lot of different ways. And let me just say that I feel like He's the first white boys, probably since Mac Miller, that's probably kind of like, you know, he's, he's just a cool white dude. You know what I mean? He's a cool white dude. You could tell that, you know, he's not trying to be a no culture vulture shit and nothing like that. This is like, this is what he loves. Like, he actually likes to rap. And uh-huh. you can hear the same thing. And what, one thing that, the reason why I compare him to Mac Miller is because Mac could, could rap on a, on a hip hop beat just like he could make, you know, his own type of style of music or a song that was similar to what's popping nowadays. Same thing with, um, with uh, uh with Jack Harlow, you know what I mean. At least that's what I what what I felt from listening to this album, which obviously we'll get into a little bit. Of course, you know we've gone far into the album without mentioning what the album is called, but it is called "That's What They All Say." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um. So yeah, like I said, uh, Cooper suggested this joint. I had never heard of him, and yeah, we about to get into this joint, and yeah, that's what we are. All right, bet. Um, yeah, this album, it, I came across, well, I mean, I came across it randomly because I, I had heard what's popping, but, um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any expectations on the album at all. And like I said, I came across it randomly. I was like, oh, he's, he's not just a single that he's got. He's actually got an entire album out. And I was actually yeah. like surprised at like what he's able to do. But let's, let's go yeah. ahead and let's go ahead and get into this real fast. Yeah, that's a fact. So yeah, y'all know how we do this. We're going to talk about, uh, 
few songs that we like, a couple things that we didn't, and we're gonna give y'all the final score at the end of the sh- uh, at the end of the show. So we will go ahead and start off with number one, as we always do, with Rendezvous, which got a Hit Boy produced beat on it. I thought that was really interesting. The reason I thought that was really interesting was because I feel like there's a very Drake s type of feel to this kind of opening song, and I feel like it's a very uh, introspective type of joint. It's kind of like a, a more of like a hip hop type of sounding kind of beat. And he's doing like a lot of introspective rapping on this joint, it being, you know, the, the, the intro to the album. Mm-hmm. But I, I was surprised. I was surprised when I first heard this joint. Like I said, I wasn't sure what to expect. I had heard what's popping maybe like a handful of times on the radio or whatever. So I really wasn't sure what to expect. But I was, I was surprised. I was surprised. I, I think he, had, he, he showed a, a good rapping ability on this joint. The beat was dope, again, by Hit Boy. And uh, I thought it was a good opening to the album. I thought it was, um, I thought it was, I thought it was dope. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the beat was vicious on this joint. Like you said, it's very introspective, telling a story, basically telling a story of how he made his dreams come true, really. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's kind of a short track, but I guess that's good for, you know, an opening joint. I mean, it's not really an interlude. It's not ex- it's not a whole, whole song length, but I mean, it's still a good enough uh, amount. And it really does showcase his actual abilities pretty nicely, and yeah. which is something that, you know, you want to see going into the album. Because we always say the first song sets up your expectations for the album. Again, like you, I wasn't expecting it to start like this. So it caught my ear and I was like, well, all right, let's check this joint out because I am now completely intrigued as to see what this white boy is going to do. Yeah. And again, uh, I'm, I'm going to mention this a lot. And I, I think that there's a lot of Drake influence uh, in a lot of his music. Yes. And, and again, that might be one of the very one of the few downfalls on this that he sounds a lot like Drake in a lot of these. But mm-hmm. a little bit later. But I, again, this is one of the songs where I heard I've heard Drake do what he did on his song. Let's just let's just put it that way. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and again, it's not to say that Jack didn't do it didn't do it well i think he did it well but again when you get a lot of comparisons to you know one of the biggest artists and how they sound that might be an issue it might be again he's young so you know but we'll, we'll talk about that as, as we go on with the album but number one we both liked it mm-hmm. we both thought it was a good track um short track but it was a good uh showcase of what he could do in the rest of the album exactly and i will say that for some reason a lot of white rappers they tend to sound like each other sometimes like yeah, i remember when asher roth came out everybody was like oh well, you sound like eminem and you know this person sound like this person this person sound like this person why are you just trying to do your best that i don't know what the deal is with them coming out sounding like you know different rappers sometimes especially with you know him coming out sounding like drake and stuff but like you said that could really be a detriment to his career yeah uh because you could just be yeah, seen as can. like a little knockoff and trying to but, you know but but i'll tell i'll tell you this though right um the fact that he's only, I think, 22, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow, I think he's that he's young as shit. So I, I think that while what you're saying is very is very valid, I do think that as he gets older, if he's able to maintain his buzz and continue working, because I feel like he has a lot of talent. And again, we'll get into that as the album goes on. But I think he has a lot of versatility that he shows throughout mm-hmm. the album. And I feel like he's, it, once he's able to, you know, get older, get more experience rapping, feel like he'll be able to get into his own because you know when drake first came out people were thinking you know i'm I'm sure people weren't thinking oh this is the drake sound i'm sure you everybody sounds like somebody when they first start rapping that's just the reality of it very true but um yeah let's go to number two though all right but uh number two is uh face my city a face of my city excuse me featuring Lil baby and i really like this beat it's real cool very interesting because it doesn't sound normal to me Mm-hmm. And, but um, 
I want to say that, um, what's his face? Jack's voice sounds different on this rhyming than he did on the first track, which kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And he, and he also said he, I caught one line where he said he had a co-sign by Diddy. So is he signed to Bad Boy Records or like did Diddy just kind of like, I guess, give him some shine or is, or, you know, did he start rapping and then Diddy was like, oh, okay, he's all right. Like I, that's, I, I was trying to figure that out and I never really got an answer. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jack is signed to, um, to DJ Drama's label. Uh, okay. So so I'm assuming that was just he was saying, you know, he got, got the co-sign, like, yo, he's 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 dope. Okay. He's dope. You know, okay. type, of, type of situation. Um yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said. Um complete change of pace, if you will, from the intro mm-hmm. to this song. It's a very, very high paced beat. I feel like very fitting to the feature on the album or on, on this track, uh, Lil Baby. Yeah. Who, and who I-, I think Honestly, I think the track is more catered right. towards Lil Baby than it is Jack because yeah. Baby came on there with way more energy than Jack had on the um, on both on his verses. And, and again, that that's the problem. You know, we, we were um, listening to uh, the new Drake EP that he released that mm-hmm. had the Baby on them as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with having somebody like the Baby on your shit. That a lot of times, especially him being arguably the hottest rapper. Lil Baby. I'm sorry, Lil Baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Y- y- y'all know how this shit is, little baby, mm-hmm. baby. We won't. It, but anyways, one of them babies. You know, goddamn it. <laughs> yeah, but little baby is arguably you know the hottest rapper out at the moment. At least the hottest name. Um, just can't miss right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like ha- having him on a song, while obviously is an uplift, you run the risk of him out rapping you on his song because he could actually rap. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's 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 the the risk that you run. But I will say this: while I do agree with you that I feel like Jack's energy wasn't necessarily up up to par with uh Lil Baby's here. Yeah. I do think I do think that he held his own. I think it was a good song. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I th- I think it wasn't too much of a difference to the point where he just got shitted on the whole joint. Oh think, no, no, not at all. It was just it was just the 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 difference in the energy levels put in the verses was just noticeable to me. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. So um but let's go on to number three, mm-hmm. uh twenty one C uh and Delta and I actually really like this joint. This is probably one of my favorite songs on the on the album. I I like the again. It kind of has like a fit, uh, fast paced uh, beat at the beginning with a change up halfway through the song. Mm-hmm. As you guys can see, twenty one C slash Delta, and I like both. I like both parts of the song. This song really reminded me of Drake again. There's a lot very Drake s type of uh, rhyme patterns and just melodics that that he tried to do as well. Now again, he did it well, but again. You know, if, if this continues again, it just kind of becomes a, oh, you know, we're just going to go to the guy that we know that we could, that does it originally or does it better or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I, I did like what he showcased here. He had, he showed the melodic ability, which I think is important nowadays. I think it's, and I know, you know, you probably wouldn't think, you probably wouldn't agree with this or like this, but I feel like as a rapper, you need to have that ability nowadays to kind of at least incorporate melodies into your rap like you can't just be a straight up lyricist spitter right now i feel like some kind of melody has to be you know involved in music and i feel like this kind of showed that that balance uh, of, of you know him rapping and him kind of singing and i feel like i feel like it was pretty dope i like the beat on this joint and i love the fact that he changes up his flow mm. throughout this joint really nicely the change up of the beats though like the first beat was vicious the second one just seemed like it was straight r&b ish um, yeah for sure and it was just like a it was like a weird change for me but i mean 
I don't think that the track is bad at all. I just like think it's a weird change up to be so energetic at first and then just bam, just kind of like go into straight slow mo and like just be on the chill out jump. But no, nah, it was it was a pretty cool song. I don't really, like I said, I don't really have a problem with it, but it definitely it wasn't one of my favorites on this album. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just gotta say you, you just said it was a pretty cool song. I think you wanted to say good and cool at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool, pretty gruel. <laughs> pretty cool, cool. <laughs> but yeah, so, like I said, I, go... I didn't mind it. <laughs> nah. My non-talking ass. <laughs> Nah, I, I, I feel you. The, the change was a little noticeable, but um, I don't know. I, I thought that it was kind of dope. And, and again, I actually, I'm, I'm you know, I'm. Uh, how, how do you feel about, I guess, his his singing ability or his harmonizing? Ability? I mean, his singing ability is not bad. Uh, to me, he's kind of like I want to, I want to say a little bit melodically stronger than Drake when it comes to his voice. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, he does pull a lot of the, the Drake tricks on a lot of his songs. Because I had to check more than once to see if Drake was featured on any of these. Bro, <laughs> like like this song, Delta. I think he's like, she's a Delta, bitch, and flying spirit. You got something that I'm trying to experience. That sounds like something Drake would say. Exactly. You know, like it, it sounds 100% something. And now granted, I think it sounds dope. I, I feel like at some point you have to break into your own sound mm-hmm. or else you're, you're always going to be compared under his wing. Now, let me just say this. I think if you're Drake and you see a young Jack Harlow coming into the game and, you know, if, if he keeps improving his rapping ability and just his songwriting, then I feel like if you're Drake, you have to hop on top of him because I feel like Drake, like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's actually very similar to Drake in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, like, when Drake kind of came in, he was kind of like this somewhat corny-looking, cheesy, goofy-looking white kid. Because people weren't sure what to think about Drake. You know, people yeah. were like, gangster niggas did not fuck with Drake when he first came out. Like, let's be real. Let's just put that out there right now, right? And I feel like, you know, the same could be true about Jack Harlow. I feel like I feel like he kind of has the same blueprint, same abilities. Not, I'm not going to say same skills, but same abilities as, as Drake. And I feel like if you're Drake, you're going to hop on top of that. You're going to fucking try to bring him into the OVO uh, camp for sure. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, it would it it could it could be very very lucrative for both of them, honestly. But at the same time, we've kind of seen what happens to some of the artists that are in the OVO camp. They 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 have like a oh, hot yeah. summer and then they just kind of fade away. Don't get me wrong. I I didn't say this is a smart move for Jack. I'm just <laughs> saying it was, it's a it's a smart move for Drake. <laughs> Big facts, me, big facts. <laughs> Jack, do not sign that deal. Okay, Mm-mm. listen. We haven't heard from Party Next Door in I don't know how many years now. Don't even talk about Division. I don't know what happened to them or Majid. No, Division. I think is still out here. But Majid Jordan, what happened to them niggas? Bro? True. Oh, and uh, the going up on a Tuesday nigga. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, McConan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. So y'all already know how that shit goes, man. We can't. We can't. don't sign the deal, Jack. I'm telling exactly. you. Exactly. But let's go on to the next one, man. All right. I'm going to go with number five. I'm going to skip over four to go to number five. Uh, Way mm-hmm. Out featuring Big Sean. Now, I have a little bit of reservations about this, Joe. As like, I think that the okay. beat is okay. I don't think it's an outstanding beat. I just think it's okay. But Jack's rhyme style on this, Joe, is very diverse. It's actually really vicious. But he does slip into a lot of the singing on this, Joe, too. And that's actually like diametrically opposed to big sean because big sean gets on there and just fucking spits and then you but then you've got jack on there with more of the melodic jump blah 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 blah. so 
it kind of counterbalance each other, but yeah. at the same time, it's it does tend to work. But I'll say it like I say for Drake, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this nigga can sing and he's all right at doing it, but he's so much better of a spitter if he's actually going to spit. I think that his spitting ability just goes beyond how, how well he can sing. I feel like if 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 singing or the melodic rap, as the Grammys like to call it now, wasn't like the big, big thing right now, he'd be a spitter. Like, he'd just be a straight spitter. No, for sure. And again, I, I just feel like because of the era that he's in, you kind of have to adjust and, you know, incorporate melodic into your music. Now, I actually I actually really like the melodic, the melodicness of him, of, of him in, in this song. Like, I feel like part of what makes this song a good song is the hook. And I feel like he he did a pretty good job on the melodies on the hook. The, uh, like, like all those things. I feel like I don't know. I think his songwriting is pretty is pretty nifty. I think is a word I want to use for that. Uh, <laughs> How pretty nifty. Yakubian of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, we're reviewing the Yakubian rapper. <laughs> I got to use Yakubian words. All right. Very nifty writing of the song there. And again, I I, I think it's a first of all very very good uh, beat choice. I think it fits both of them very well. Definitely fits Big Sean. I think Big Sean had a really good verse. But again, I, I think Jack also had a really good verse. I think, like you said, it definitely countered it in a good way. It kind of balanced it out. And I, th- I thought this was a good song. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's one of the singles of the album. So I wouldn't be surprised. It kind of has that feel of it being a single. So yeah, I, I thought this was a dope song. Um, and I thought Big Sean had a good, a good, uh, good verse here. So let's go on to uh, number six, which is already Best Friends featuring Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Now... This is interesting because this is featuring an R&B nigga, and I know it's gonna blow your head, your blow your, it's gonna blow you that you had an R&B nigga and he's not singing the hook. That's the crazy part about. It. That's kind of what surprised me that you know Jack is singing the hook on this joint, and you have Chris Brown essentially doing you know the verses on here, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because I think Chris Brown had more verses than Jack did. I think Jack had one verse. I think Chris had two, but Jack did all did the hook. Mm-hmm. So. But um, I like this song. I thought this one was catchy. It was catchy as fuck. Again, it kind of has that West Coast type of beat. And I thought I thought it was dope. I thought it was dope. Again, just kind of weird that Chris Brown didn't sing the, the hook. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I thought that was pretty strange, too. But, I mean, I, like I said, Jack has the voice for the melodic rap thing. Like, he can make yeah, it sound sure. very good. And it goes well with this. They both go well with this beat. Although, you know, Chris isn't really singing. He's really doing, like, more of the melodic rap. But, I mean, that's what he's been doing for a while now anyway, so. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I want to say the last verse, Joe, was kind of was kind of lazy I don't, a little bit towards the end. But, I mean, that's, that's the only real drawback I have of really anything on the song is that I just thought it was a, it ended a little bit lazy but I mean the song is pretty good overall and like this nigga has the ability to make a catchy hook like he really can yeah. make a catchy hook and that's yeah that's vital right now in the music industry no that's a fact and this conditional kind of like the beat kind of reminded me of the uh, these girls ain't loyal kind of beat yeah it kind of just has that same energy you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 i don't know like you said I, I think very very good uh songwriting on the hook for sure I, I thought that was very catchy and uh yeah like i said he's only 22 mm-hmm. uh hopefully he's only gonna get better and i think this is really dope man i, I, I thought this was a dope song and uh i really enjoyed it yeah i i really liked it too and uh, if it usually i'm not a huge chris brown uh, fan so yeah, I yeah, was actually surprised that I, I was really fucking with this song. Yeah, no, nah, it was dope. It was definitely dope. 
All right, let me see. I'm gonna go just go down to number seven, keep it light. It's a very simple beat on this joint, which you know me. I love somebody can get on and just spit on a, on a fucking simple beat. It's dope yeah. as fuck. It's a great story and a great message in this joint. Basically, like, you get on, whether you get rich, famous, whatever, whatever. And it's basically about how people talk about you behind your back, plus how people talk to you in your, in your face. And, yeah. um, I mean, just as some normal niggas, I know we've come across the same shit just dealing with niggas that we know. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's got to be on a trillion when you're fucking rich or famous oh, yeah. or both. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's it's just like, it's, he kind of said it in a way that, like, you never really thought about it before. I don't I don't want to say it's never been said in music before because I know somebody has said something like this before, but I feel like it's not something that we've heard really, really recently. At least not put this way in like in this t- I don't if if it makes sense what I'm saying, I don't know. No, no, for sure. <laughs> um I mean, I I mean cuz you got to think, I feel like, you know, we get the perspective from essentially a suburban kid being mm-hmm. Jack Harlow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this because this same message has been told hundreds of different times from the street perspective of it from you know guys who you know lived a gangster lifestyle shit like that. But I feel like coming from a, a suburban kid who's grown up as a rap fan, I feel like it's a different perspective, you know. And I feel like it's it's done very well. Um, I thought I thought it was it was dope, um, a dope way, a dope song. First of all, the beat was dope. Like you said, very simple. I really liked the in between the verses, the sample that was kind of like looping over and over. I thought that was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a very dope introspective song. And I feel like he does a good job at kind of placing these introspective songs in like song placement, you know what I mean? Throughout mm-hmm. the album is very good because I feel like he'll go a couple songs where, you know, it's kind of like out there and kind of, you know, high energy and party and shit, but he'll kind of bring it back, uh, you know, Later on in the album, I, I, th- I thought that was that was pretty dope. And I feel so, like yeah, you don't I, always yeah. get a lot of that from from younger rappers, like twenty one, tw- like twenty, twenty one, twenty two year old rappers. Like you don't always get a lot of the introspective stuff. Like you might get one song on an album, and here we've had at least three so far. So, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And one thing I also uh, say is that uh, I really fucked with the the addition of his mom's like life lesson mm, at the end. Yeah. I thought that was dope as shit. And his mom was spitting oh, yeah. some game for real. So. Oh yeah, no, nah, facts, facts. And um, you know, it's always dope to have something like this, uh, kinda as a nice touch at the end of the song to kinda just wrap up the story that he's trying to tell, which is essentially like, look, man, like I know shit's kinda crazy and everybody's, you know, being two faced now, but trust me, you know, you're gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Essentially is what she's saying. Basically. That, you know, the, essentially the cream rises to the top. Yep. You know. So um but let's go on to the uh, to another song that um I thought was dope, which is actually I was surprised by this. Uh, number nine, uh, uh, same guy. Mm, yes, I thought now I thought this was really dope for for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I actually really like this song, and it just it's a complete change of pace in my opinion from the rest of the whole rest of the album. Yeah, just a complete change of pace, way way slow down, and just it was it was really dope though. I thought it was really dope. I think uh, Adam Levine's part was was pretty dope as well. And uh, just overall, good song, man. I, I thought it was, again, shows a lot of uh, variety and, and just, you know, different abilities that he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this this definitely just shows that he's he's like a little Swiss knife uh, in rap. Like, he does a lot of good things, and uh, he has a lot of potential. And this, this is one of those songs that shows it. Very true. And I don't listen to... Um whatever this nigga's band is called. Maroon 5. What is it called? Yeah, Maroon, Maroon 5. 5. So I don't really listen to him sing very often, Adam Levine. Yeah, and yeah, um, it was actually really, like you said, it was really good. I was like, damn, I didn't know this motherfucker could sing like that. 
Uh, mm-hmm, and yeah. also, I thought it was random as hell that he had the fucking like gospel choir come in and sing. Oh yeah, the end. Yeah, and I also like. I, I feel like I, as a black person. Whenever white people have gospel choirs in songs and shit like that, it just feels like he's reaching for the Negroes. Like, like me, Negroes. Like me. <laughs> no, I, I'm not even mad at that. I feel that. I, it, it, that's definitely catering to take me, take me, take me to your leader, Negroes. Exactly. <laughs> Let me come to the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. Like, like, like that. That's like posting like an MLK picture during MLK. Uh, then Martin Luther King Day if you're white. That's that's Bruh. pretty much kind of what that is. Hold on. Speaking of MLK, I hate to like side turn this. That I kept hearing that this motherfucking Justin Bieber had a whole like a couple of like MLK speech interludes in his new album in between songs. And it was like he was he was apparently like the reason that he did it was because he was like, oh, well, you know, it's so important, especially nowadays that we hear these words and blah, blah, blah. And they didn't really teach this in, in school when I was in school. I was like, nigga, y'all don't know who MLK is in Canada. Like, right? <laughs> nigga, they, def- they definitely if there's one black person that they taught us about in school, it was Martin Luther King. That's it- like the one black person that they taught us about. So. Exactly. And plus, they kept clowning him because I think I heard this on The Breakfast Club is that he would have. You know, this, this part of the speech going on, you know, Martin Martin's speeches are heavy. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of shit in them. Yeah, like, yeah. So you sit in that, John, yeah. you getting all the word from Martin. And then all of a sudden it just turns into some random love song. And it's just like, <laughs> they were just like, yeah. it, it don't, it don't work. And I was like, I'm not Fuck about no. to go experience this for myself because I have self-respect. But I just, I, I don't know. Like that's whenever I, like, I hate to say it and I don't want to sound like I'm racist or anything, but whenever white people have stuff like that in their music, like, like back in the day, Madonna had a song called like a prayer. And then out of nowhere, at the end of the jump, she had a black gospel choir come out in the video. She's in a church dancing around <laughs> while they sing it. I was like, see Madonna, you had me until the choir came out. Cause I do fuck with yeah. that song, cause it's a tight song. But once the chorus, once the once the chorus comes in, it's just like I mean, once the the choir comes in, it's just like Madonna. That's not you, baby girl. Especially yeah, not in the nineties. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dog. Look, man, it, it's so funny, and and again, he. I feel like it's hard for a white person to not do this because he kind of does this later in the album. In uh. I'm not going to talk about it just yet, but number 14, Baxter Avenue. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of that, in the, in the end of that song, he mentions him representing for a group of black boy or brown brown-skinned boys and not knowing if he could represent for them. Look, man, let me tell y'all right now, y'all white rappers out there, right? Can y'all stop talking about the struggle of not knowing if y'all could represent? Or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, like I feel like people don't want to hear that shit. You know what I mean? And it's kind of corny. It's kind of like the same thing that you're talking about. Like, like the whole... Uh, you know, take me, you know, take me to your leader, master. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, shit like that. Like, I feel like it's kind of tr- too, trying too hard to appease to a crowd. Like, I feel like in reality, right, if you're just respectful to the to the culture that you're, you know, benefiting from, mm-hmm. essentially, I feel like if, as long as you're respectful and you're yourself, I think that's really what is, you know, respectful, is respectable, mm-hmm. is commendable. Is you know coming in respecting the thing, but being yourself ultimately because people don't want because it looks fake. You know when when people do that kind of shit, like the choir and mm-hmm. all that kind, of, it, it looks like oh yeah, how and, do I how do how do I appease the black people? It exactly, like that's what you were thinking. and it's just like already black people. I feel like I don't want to say 
all black people, but I do feel like a good amount of black people, whenever there's a new white rapper that comes out, they're just like, oh, here we go again, another one. Yeah, yeah, no, for <laughs> and sure. And something for like sure. this is just, I know, again, not all black people are going to react that way, but some black people are like, okay, here's the new white boy in rap. He already trying to be black because he rapping. Now he want to throw the Southern Choir mm-hmm. in there, and you know he from Miss, um, Kentucky or not, uh, Alabama, whatever the fuck it was, Kentucky. So, you know, he's, yeah. it's, that's, that's a powerful thing down there, like the, you know, Baptist churches and stuff in the South. I don't want to say that that's the only yeah. religion in the South, but especially Baptist right, choirs right. and shit like that. They, black church choirs, they're very, very prevalent all throughout the South. So I understand why he did it because, you know, that's probably something that he's grown up around and been yeah, exposed to. Enough, but at the same time, white boy and rap, that's always, that's usually a strike for most black people. Now you throwing in shit like this and then, the, like you were saying about, you know, uh, representing for black people when you're not black, like, bro, you, you can't. Like, just yeah, get that out no. your mind right now. Like, I can't represent for Spanish people because I'm not Latino. So. <laughs> no, it's like if you started making, like, bachata music and right? was like, yo, how am I going to represent for Dominicans when I'm not Dominican? Exactly. You're not, all right? You're exactly. not. Exactly. So, and yes, so, well, see, yes, you can do, like, you can do bachata music as a non-Latino yeah, uh, artist because, like, look at the shit that Drake and, Ro- I mean, not Drake, uh, Usher and Romeo Santos did. Yeah. That song was actually yeah, yeah, yeah. dope, but Usher was not trying to speak Spanish in that song. So like, <laughs> he was not doing extra shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he nah, came in there, did what he did. Romeo did what he did. It. Exactly. Respected it. He, he he he. You know, wasn't trying to change up bachata or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Like he respected it, stayed within the boundaries, got his bag, and got the fuck on out of there. And, and, exactly. And, did thing. and nobody said a word about it. So. Exactly. And then you have Justin Bieber on the other joint because he was on a Spanish song with somebody. Oh, they tried to get his ass to perform that shit live. I was like, y'all know Justin don't speak enough Spanish to perform it on live on stage. Despacito? Was it Despacito? Was it? It might have been. I don't remember. It was a while ago now. He's, that's his song, right? He's in that song, right? I don't know if Justin Bieber's yeah. in this. That song is, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name right now. And I actually do. Oh, Luis Fonsi. Yeah, Luis Fonsi. Like, that's his song. But I mean, I know that there was remixes to it. So I think maybe Justin might have been on one of the one of the remixes. Maybe I yeah, I just nah, remember it was a song where Justin was speaking Spanish. And I would just say, I don't I don't know how I feel about this. Duh, I never understood how like people can learn entire verses and sound good saying it, but not understand. How, like I, like that. I know it happens all the time. And it's happened in history where like people who aren't Spanish will record a verse in Spanish. And I'm just like, how the fuck did you do that? And don't speak Spanish. Mm hmm. But I guess all you got to get is somebody all, in there all, to 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 teach you how to pronounce certain words. Because I mean, like like true. me, I can sing in Spanish if I know the words, and I can do okay. it pretty well. But that's because I've also studied Spanish and grown up around Spanish people, and I used to speak Fair. Spanish pretty well. So like I'm I'm okay Fair. with it. But at the same time, not everything that I know the words to do I know what yeah, all those true. words mean. So like that's true. That's true. Like yeah. I will bust out. Give me a girl. We can do a do a duet. No me is right now. But I don't know all the words <laughs> to that song. I do not know what all the words to that song mean. So, <laughs> I mean, nah, I, I've you. learned a lot, you know, over the years. But, you know, I don't know every word to that goddamn song. I'll All right. Uh, next, we're going to do number 11. And everybody knows this song. We've even talked about it on uh, one of the regular episodes, giving it its props, uh, Tyler Harrow. Um, yep. And it's actually pretty dope. Now, the funny thing is, is that I did not know who Tyler Hero was when I first heard this song. I did not mm-hmm. know that this was a basketball player until we mm-hmm. talked about it on the show. So, yeah. uh, a, white, thank- a white boy basketball player. At that. Exactly. And this man's talking about he hope he could help him with a jump shot. I don't remember if that was in this song or in another one because he's mentioned Tyler Hero in at least one, yeah. two songs on here. Um, yeah. But um, 
basically, you know, like I said, it talks about a little bit of friendship with him, uh, with with the with the player, and it goes off on the random shit. Um, like I said, I like him, I like Jack much better when he's rhyming versus singing. But that's just me, nigga. Did you? Just- <laughs> Yes, for those of y'all that can't see this, I just sniffed a brand new pair of shoes because <laughs> that's what you do to shoes when they're new. At least it was a brand new pair. I thought you was just seeing how funky they were. <laughs> no, no, no. Get that it's new that shoe smell. smell. Yes, yes. <laughs> Crack bean for it. No bull. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I like Jack when he's rhyming better than when he's singing, uh, as I said before. Yeah. And um, what does it say? The people that don't look like me uh mm, that don't yeah. that people that don't like me look just like me how, and that's i feel yeah. how most black rappers feel because there's a, there's oh no matter what no matter how popular you are as a rapper mm-hmm. there's always yeah. your people that are going to hate what you're doing because of x y and z and most yeah. of the time it's bullshit and it doesn't make sense but they just gonna hate you all the same so that's a fact. I I think this song is really dope. Um, I think this is one of the better songs, no doubt, on the album. Has a lot of good energy. Definitely, a, um, you know, kind of like a workout song, I guess, if you will. Cause, you know, it has a lot of sports references in it, and it's just a high energy type of song. I thought this song was dope, and yeah, it's re- referencing Tyler Harrow, who plays for Miami Heat. Now, again, it sounds like the, the two are cool. I don't know if they're cool, like from you know being childhood friends or whatnot. I'm not sure if that's what he's referring to on this song, but. I wouldn't be surprised because I think they're both around somewhat the same age. So okay, that's what's up. Uh, that would be that would make sense. But yeah, that's no, a dope song. Uh, I, I thought the drum was dope. I think it's a dope comparison to make because you know, like I said, if the hood loves white people, it's for two things: is if they could play ball mm-hmm. or if they could rap. That's Facts. that's 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 just what it is. Facts. Now again, I, I I think it's a pretty dope comparison. You know, uh, the hood being you know Miami loving Tyler Hero because mm-hmm. he's balling out for them. And same thing with with uh with uh with Jack Harlow here. So I, I thought I thought it was a dope uh comparison there and uh yeah, I thought that was a dope song. Yeah, I like it too. And just doing a little quick Wikipediaing, they didn't grow up together because Tyler Harrow is from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But mm. he is twenty one, Jack is twenty two, and Tyler went to went to Kentucky. So that's probably how uh, they met. <laughs> they probably met somewhere that in that area. That and he, he went there in like sense. 2000, it says 2018 to 2019. So, and yeah, I mean, I think sense. that's about the time that Jack started to pop off. So probably, yeah, that, that, that would make sense. That would make sense. I guess let's, let's go to number 13, which is, I guess, the, I guess we kind of have to talk about this song just because probably the most biggest song, which is what's popping. Yep. Now that song, uh, like I said, I had heard it before on the radio a handful of times. Hadn't really like sat down and listened to it. I guess I kind of just heard it in the background. You know, sometimes if you walk into like barbershop or some shit like that. Yeah. You know, and, and it sounded good. I like what like what I heard. And actually sitting down and listening to it, I thought it was actually pretty dope too. Um, even though I think as I, I like the past song we talked about better, Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. But but I, I I do like this song. I thought it was dope, and uh, obviously everybody else thought it was dope because I think that's the song that kind of blew him up. Yeah, and, and got him to where he's at right now. That's the know? first one I heard, and I honestly remember being surprised that Jack was white because he doesn't sound white on this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then even with the remix, which I honestly I think I heard the remix first. Because I remember the first time I heard it, I remember Lil Wayne's voice. So I'm pretty sure yeah. I heard the remix first. And the remix is pretty bad. It's pretty badass. Like, um, I'm not oh, a yeah, big fan yeah. of Tory Lanez, but Tory Lanez killed his verse on that. Like, I don't, I mean, we, this, is, this is the last track on the jump, but it's the same fucking song. So whatever. Yeah. Fuck, let's just um, and the baby, yo, the baby killed his verse oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. remix. Honestly, I think that the baby 
And I don't want to say Tory Lanez had a better verse than Lil Wayne, but definitely the baby had a better verse than Lil Wayne. Oh, yeah, but yeah, like looking sure. at it, like I'll go back and listen again. But I, I said I was I've heard some verses from Tory Lanez and I have not always been impressed. But yeah, I feel like he's he's hit or miss because there are some times where you can rap his ass off. I will say there was one jump we uh we listened to when he did the jump after the whole charges with Meg came out. There oh, was yeah, a couple yeah. tracks on there I was surprised were really good, but yeah, I was just like they. I just feel like just like listening to an R. Kelly tape at this point, this shit was tainted. You know what I'm saying? Like, See, and, and again, even before uh, all this shit happened uh, with, with Tory, I feel like the problem with him is that. He makes himself very unlikable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 I think the motherfucker's talented as shit. I think he has a lot of talent, but I feel like he has a lot of fucking little man syndrome, and and that's why we're that's why we're quick to believe what may or may not have happened with the whole Mega Stallion thing because we've seen him react this way in, in other instances. You know, maybe not to this extent mm-hmm. uh, allegedly, but I don't know. I, I just feel like that's that's one of the, the things that's so hard about liking Tory Lanez is that at the end of the day whether you like it or not we're not in the 90s or early 2000s where you can separate the artists from their personality exactly you know like you can't now you can't now it's part of who they are as artists now because of social media yep it's all one and the same just wrapped up exactly so I just feel like he has to be aware of that and I feel like he could be a in a way better position in the game if he just kind of was a little bit more aware of him being kind of a douchebag from time to time but i agree and i mean the nigga is 28 years old nigga if you ain't come to terms with being short yet nigga you ain't never gonna do it i mean shit nigga i just i I just turned 38 nigga and i'm chunky i'm i've been chunky my most of my life nigga i am okay with being a chunky nigga i don't want to be a big ass fat nigga but i will um i'm okay being a chunky nigga because that's the lane that my fucking shit is in nigga you a short nigga be in your lane and accept that shit and just float on with life like the rest of us do and it's dog you're rich you're gonna get bad bitches regardless why do you care it don't matter how small you are if you rich nigga fuck yeah exactly it really don't matter so but this is but back back to back to jack though this is his album Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean i agree i I thought the remix was was i guess i would say better just because you know typically i'm not i'm not a fan of remixes especially nowadays i feel like a remix kind of just kind of got watered out because I feel like now they have a remix for every single popping single. True. You know what I mean? And I feel like back in the day, it, dog, it, it was like rare. Like it was like a big thing. I feel like if there was a remix for a song. Yeah. No, remixes were held way in better in much higher regard than they are now for sure. Uh, most of the time remixes like, back in the day were better than the original song. Like, so, yeah. And that's not, that's not always the case nowadays. So. You know why? Right. Because nowadays it's kind of like if, if you, for those of y'all that watch wrestling, it's kind of like a hell in a cell match where back in the day, a cage match, it, it was like the last resort. Like niggas don't fought through every other way. And this is the only way they can settle the beef or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nowadays though, they have hell in a cell cage matches every fucking week. Or every other week, so it's kind of like it loses its. It's, it's not special anymore. Or, yeah, it's not special anymore. Same thing with uh with remixes. You know, they they lost its, its specialness because ultimately it just all people did was put a, a the three most popping rappers on a track, and it didn't matter if they had any cohesiveness together. It didn't matter if they were in the same studio together. None of that shit mattered, and that's why, in all honesty, most fucking remixes suck. In all honesty, mm. most remixes in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one in this era, it fucking suck. But I don't think it's the case for this joint. I think this joint was really dope. I think everybody rapped really well in this joint. And uh, I think it, it added to the original song. Very true. I agree with you 100%. Um, now, I will say that, that that piano 
sample that they use that dun 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 and um is yeah. a lot like the little the little dun dun in Jack Harrow with the little flute jump. And but they were not overdone. Even though that they're used a lot, they're not yeah. overly overly done in the songs. Cause that can really kill a song. And we've talked about that a lot before. But like yeah. those two songs, I don't know who produced either one of them, but they did a great job taking that using it a lot but still having it be like almost minimal in the track if if, if oh, that yeah. makes sense you know what i'm saying like it's not overpowering where the track is going or any of the rhymes in the track because it's it's not an it's it's not excess noise at that point it's like well no for well sure placed. no for sure i have you 100 i think it was uh well uh, i guess engineered by whoever mixed that yeah and it did a good job with that but um yeah i agree i agree 100 all right and would you say that what's popping and the remix are what's popping? I, I would say it's what's popping. Every every single pun in the world intended. <laughs> For sure. All right. Um, let's go to <laughs> let's go to uh, number fourteen, Baxter Ave. We talked a little bit about it, and this is technically the last track on the album. I want to say because the last track is yeah, the last track the is the what's popping remix. So you know. But I want to say that I'm not a huge fan of the beat on this song because it sounds like it's chopped and screwed. And I am not a fan of chopped and screwed anything or sounding anything. But I really fucking think that the story of the track is real vicious. And it's like yeah. it sounds like it's the type of song that's supposed to be at the end of the album. Oh, um, yeah. For sure. So I, I really fucked hard with this joint. Like lyrically, it's really good. The lyrical flow on this joint is really good. My only thing is that I'm just not a huge fan of the beat because it sounds like it's chopped and screwed. But like I thought it was an interesting way to end the album. I like I said, I just think that the beat could have been a little bit better. But that's my personal opinion. I'm not the artist who created it. So <laughs> I actually I like the beat. Um, I thought it was a little weird. I would say that it was kind of like a little off in a sense. But I thought it was dope. Like you said, very dope uh, storytelling at the end. I thought it was a good way to, you know, start it off the album, very introspective and, you know, just kind of talking about where you're at with things and ended it that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Essentially, because, you know, you know, typically uh, the remix is typically uh, a bonus track usually on, on these on these albums. So I, I'm just going to say that Baxter Avenue is the last song. And I feel like it, it's a really dope way to kind of like, wrap things up and again like i said very drake-esque because drake usually ends his albums like this where he'll kind of wrap up of the album if you will at the end of the album and i feel like that's pretty much what he did here and i think he did it well i think he did it he did it really good mm -hmm. um I, I actually i like the beat and um again it was just a little weird like we're off sounding i guess but i thought i thought it was dope and i thought it was a good way to end the album yeah again just a little drake-esque i guess if you will but i thought it was dope all right now, since we're at the end of what we liked, was there anything that you specifically wanted to speak on about anything that you didn't like? Uh, look, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to say one thing. I'm not going to talk about a whole lot because, to be honest, I like the um, the majority of this album. But I guess the one song that I would say was a little maybe, if you will, was the song Route 66. My nigga, reading my goddamn mind. <laughs> let, and and let, let me tell you why, guys. All right, listen, dog. Don't ever start a song by saying, bitch is from Kentucky. And, dog, the moment you say Kentucky, we I'm tuned. shutting that shit off, dog. We tune the fuck out. <laughs> we tune, dog, nobody, the moment, and, and also it just kind of sounded kind of, kind of, the the flow was just not, 
it was just not it for me. Like, like it wasn't a horrible song, right? Like the rapping was pretty good from both him and his feature East G. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I don't know the the bitch. I'm from Kentucky, but this shit is there. No Dixie chicks. Like that just wasn't it for me, though. The moment I heard that, I was like, okay. This is this song is not it for me. That was definitely the mid song because there, it wasn't a bad song, but it was definitely midi for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, me personally, besides Route sixty six, I honestly like I did not like number twelve. Love is Dro. And I was like, I, when when I first read the the title of the track, I didn't know what to expect. And honestly, I didn't know Static was Static. Static Major is a singer too. Uh, well, I actually didn't notice. I think he was a singer, and he passed away back in '08. Once I looked, I looked into a parent, and I'm I'm assuming that they sampled something. I'm assuming, yeah, because there was two yeah. two different people singing, so I'm assuming that he might have done a little singing on this jump. Um, uh, and I forgot that Bryson Tiller was a singer. <laughs> nah, completely. See, I, I think. I think it was um I think all, the reason why they put uh Static Major's name is here I, I I mean I could be wrong because I think the both people singing weren't weren't him like mm. I know that the first one was um Jack uh, Harlow in the beginning of the yeah. song and then it was it was uh Bryson uh Tiller so I think mm. if I'm not because obviously Static Major's is dead he's been dead for over ten years now yeah but that so, don't mean nothing with music you know that. No, I know, I know, but, but what what I'm saying though is that I feel like that would be more of a reason why this would be the case mm-hmm. that they kind of just used his name because let's say he, because that that's the 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 hook kind of sounds like something that may have already existed or enough to turn off. True, right? true. Yeah, he may have just been. I mean, obviously to give him you know money credits and all that other stuff on the exactly. album if he wrote yeah. part of something that Bryson sang or something. I don't know. Maybe he wrote the hook yeah. a long time. Right. Ago. Right. Right, and, or or um, you know, a lot of times people might just do that just to, I guess, pay homage to the to the person or whatever. I don't know if, if that's why that happened. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I actually like this joint. I thought I thought it showed a good change of pace for Jack. Uh, I, I thought it was one of the songs that kind of, again, just kind of slowed down things a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of the sports songs on the album for sure. But I don't know. I, I thought it was an all right song. To me, I just thought I that really the chorus a- was a little lazy. It kind of sounded like they wrote it last minute. Like, you know, like it was like the la- like the last addition to it. They couldn't figure out exactly what they wanted it to say. Because like your love is Dro, like that's just kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it sounds weird to me. The yeah. way they worded it. No, I feel you. I feel you. But, uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think, I think we pretty much covered everything for the most part. I right, bet. All right, well, we are at, we've reached the end of the review. So, of course, y'all know uh, we got to give our thoughts on what we thought. If you mind, can I go first? Yeah, go, go ahead. All right, I, like I said before, when I first heard this album, I was shocked at how much that I actually liked it. Because I was like, all right, it's another white boy in the game. Let's see what he does. Because I've never been a, a Macklemore fan. Like, I listen to his shit. Yeah, and, yeah. As you know, just because that's what we do. We listen to a whole record shit. I did not like any of Macklemore's music. Another white yeah. boy, Asher Roth. I love Asher Roth, but like he's not really hitting out here since the I Love College song came out. Yeah, um, exactly. And then who's the other white boy? Not Eminem, though. Um, uh, Mac, Mac Miller? Yeah, Mac Miller. I fuck hard with Mac Miller. Always have. Although I kind of fell off towards the end because yeah. he started t- doing more singing and his shit. And he was definitely a rhymer versus a singer in my book. Oh, that's yeah. Basically sure. what it is. But um, nah, Jack is um, he's he's keeping the white boy tradition of of rapping alive and well right now. I respect what he's doing. I and he's obviously he's got people in the game that fuck with him and believe with him. Cause I don't know, maybe it's just record labels putting artists together. I don't know, but I mean, this nigga has the baby, Lil Wayne, Lil Baby, 
Adam Levine, Bryson Tiller, uh, Big Sean, Chris Brown. This man's got names on his album for it being a first album. And he's got with the track the jump 15 tracks long. And he doesn't he doesn't have um he's got a good selection of songs on here where you actually get a, a taste of his ability, whether he's singing or rapping. It's not heavily reliant on features. So I, I, I like it. I, I have to say I think he did a really good job and it was it was a pretty well put together album. Again, there are a couple songs that I would take off personally. Um, yeah. but I mean some of the songs that even like I said, some of the songs on here that I don't like, I still rock with. I still rock with them. I just don't like the yeah. beat pretty much. Then that's it. So I, I I think he did a good job. I feel no, look, I feel the same way. Um, I was pleasantly surprised from honestly from beginning to end because I, I really wasn't expecting a whole lot. I just I don't know. I just didn't really know what to expect, and ultimately I was surprised. I think he's he's a good rapper. He has a lot of potential. I think he has a lot of versatility, which is really important in rap nowadays. I feel you kind of have to be able to do the whole singing thing too. And I think I think he does it well. I, I personally think he does it well. There's a lot of songs on here that, like like we mentioned throughout the review, sound a lot like Drake. Again, he's a young guy. I'm gonna give him that benefit of the doubt that he's young. And the more time he spends, you know, perfecting his craft, I feel like the more he's gonna make it his own. And you know, at some point, I feel like he's gonna sound like Jack Harlow and not like, you know, a, a younger Drake or whatever. So. I really like this album. I thought it was really dope. A really good introduction. And again, look, man, I, you know, I've mentioned this before. I ain't no fucking Eminem fan. I think he's actually not really all that good of a, like, he's a good rapper in terms of, I guess, ability-wise. But, like, content-wise, I think Eminem rapper is, a, in all honesty, a pretty shit rapper. And And honestly, guys like Mac Miller are way better content-wise than fucking uh, than Eminem. And in all honesty, I, I would even put Jack Harlow, he has the potential to be, be uh, better than, than, than Eminem because, again, I understand that Eminem is this very crafty, you know, technical kind of rapper. But, dog, if you can't say some shit that motherfuckers want to hear, then I don't give a fuck what you're talking about, dog. You know what I mean? And that's that's the problem that I have with Eminem. Yeah. So, again, I'm only bringing up Eminem just because he's a, he's essentially the, the top tier white rapper. He's the biggest target, for, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I really, really do think that Jack has a, a lot of shit going for him. I think he has a lot. He has love from the hood already. You know, like a lot of hood rappers is already kind of linking up with him, Migos and a bunch of other dudes. So I think I think if as long as there isn't no crazy video of him saying the N-word coming out in the next couple mm-hmm. years, God forbid, you know what I mean? I think that he should have a pretty good career. And I feel like you know, rap is embracing him. I think yeah. they really are embracing him, and and they're not just treating him like this white kid who's corny. I think they're embracing him. Exactly. So I, I thought that, I thought this shit was dope, though. All right. So as y'all know, we like to try and give a shit a score out of a scale of ten. So what would you give the album? Oh, hold on. My bad. That's what they what all would you, say. Yeah, what would you give the album? That's what they all say. I'm gonna go ahead and go with an eight point five. I thought it was, again, a really solid album. I feel like there's some fine-tuning to do to it. Mm-hmm. But, again, I just feel like that just comes with, with age and experience. And I feel like for what he's bringing to the game, I feel like it's re- it's a really, really solid album. There's not really too many songs that I would say are bad on here. But the reason I'm not giving it a higher score, I guess, is that I feel like there's there's certain songs that I feel like, again, once he steps into his own pattern and things like that, kind of develops his own style, I feel like, you know, that's when he'll really be at a 10. I don't want to give it like a 9 or a 10 because I feel like 
Jack Harlow could probably do better, even better than this. But this was still dope. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that that's why I'm giving it an eight point five. Really dope. Good rapping all around. Good melodic mixture in there. I I, I thought it was really a really good album. Man. Nah, I agree with you. And honestly, you took everything that I was going to say and said it. So I'm going to just say that my score, I'm going to give it a little bit of a lower score. Because honestly, I could take two or three songs off of here and leave it at like a 12-track album. And Mm. I think it would be perfectly balanced at that point. But I gave it a solid seven because the the rapping ability was good. I mean, like I said, I was even impressed with his ability to sing and carry a tune. Like I said, I think that he can carry a tune better than Drake can. Yeah, but it's also it's just not my thing to hear. I don't want to hear rappers sing. That's just my thing. But again, yeah. something yeah. that I'm coming to terms with, and I know y'all are probably tired of hearing me say that yeah. shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, nah, I give it a solid seven. He did a great job. Like you said, he's shown more than enough room to grow. I mean, if you come out with a solid album that's not feature crazy heavy, right? Then you're on your way. Like I said, like it's always kind of sketch when an album comes out for somebody especially their first album and like you know mm. even if it's a 10 track album but eight of the 10 tracks have got features on them and it's like more than one right. feature on you know like two or three exactly. features on it so i i think jack's yeah. got a lot of room to grow i think that he has the ability to be very versatile in his rhymes and his subject matter and like you said as long as, as long as he ain't in as long as he ain't wearing the motherfucking confederate flag or or hoisting it over his head or he ain't saying niggas nowhere and, and he ain't doing no other right. dumb shit and talking about anybody of color he gonna be all yeah. right he gonna be all right because like you said think, they've embraced him for sure yeah and i, I agree 100 and again you know he might even get a little a little light-skinned baddie you know on his on his arm you already know that's gonna be you know another thing so yeah man i mean i, I say keep going keep working on your craft and and just whatever you do don't rap about being a white person and rap and people not accepting you because again a lot of rappers make that mistake about taking that route and the, the problem with that is that rap is an alpha male sport and i feel like by you rapping about oh poor me this ain't the third mm-hmm. niggas is going dog nobody want to hear that shit nope. so especially if you're white nobody want to hear about your struggle in a black fucking art you know what i mean that's, yeah that's just really what it is you know nobody wants to hear about that exactly so. exactly but uh, but I I don't see it going down that route. I think he's I think he has some uh I think he's a smart kid and I think he's gonna keep uh keep getting better. All right, all right. Well, this brings us to the close of the album review for that's what they that's what they all say by Jack Harlow. But y'all know we like to give suggestions, uh, so we're gonna give y'all a little suggestion on something. Don't know what my man has planned, but let's go ahead and find out now. What you got, dog? Look, man, I'm going to just tell y'all if y'all, I'm sure y'all already know this because the, the ski challenge is going on with my man Young Thug. But go check out uh, the YSL, Young Stoner Life, Slime Language 2. Now, I understand that there's a bunch of people who are like, you know, Young Thugs, like cousins or uncles on this shit. I know it's like a whole bunch of people who've never rapped in their life. But there is a, granted, it's 23 songs long, uh, long but there's, there's a good amount of music on here that's actually really good. Um, you kind of just have to, you know, part through some of the songs, I guess. But um, I, for for one, the first four or five songs is fucking fire, all of them. The Ski song, I'm sure you guys have heard it already. The Ski Challenge, Drake did it, Future did it, Kevin Hart did it. And I, it's, you know, it, it's funny because that's what artists are doing now. We, we've peeped that. That artists, they start these challenges to have their fucking sales, their streams go up mm-hmm. and have these songs be topping the charts and shit like that. I ain't mad at it. It's part of the game. It is what it is. As long as the music is actually good, I don't give a fuck. You know, it really isn't. It don't. It don't bother me. I'm. I'm gonna still consume music how I consume music. And I. I again, slime language too. 
I wasn't a big fan of Silent Language One mainly because it was a it was not enough good songs on there to counterbalance like the 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 family and friends on there. Okay, but um, but uh, it was dope. I thought I, I think the genre is dope. If you haven't already, go check that out. Silent Language Two. All right, bet. And my Joan, I'm gonna go ahead and take y'all to the to the movie world, and I'm just gonna say Mortal Kombat, y'all. Go check out yeah. the new Mortal Kombat movie. I don't want to fuck it up for anybody because I think it legit came out yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they they took a new spin on it. The story is still there. You still got an Outworld. Uh, they actually introduced a bunch of new characters from the more recent games that you know a lot of people may not know about, especially if you're an older Mortal Kombat fan. But this movie is not what you're going to expect. I'll just put it that way. It's not what you're going to expect from a Mortal Kombat movie. But what I think that they did on it. It was good, and it definitely sets up for another movie. Like it's it sets That's, up for a second movie. Honestly, of course, you know they're trying to do that anyway now. So, course, um, but yeah, go ahead and check it out. If you've seen the first Mortal Kombat and the and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, don't expect this jump to be anything like either one of those. Did you, Did you watch or did you see? Like, I guess I think it was like around 2010. They had like another live action version of uh, that they were. It was like a YouTube series. I yeah, I saw I, that. I saw that. Uh, I don't say maybe Mortal Kombat Resurrection. I think it was called. Um, it's something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. jump. That jump was actually really vicious, and that was the jump. They actually did that to try and get a movie made. Picture into a movie. Yeah, 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 that's what I heard. And I and I heard that the reason why, well, I think it became an actual show. And the reason why supposedly they canceled the show was because they started working on the movie. Mm. But then supposedly the movie that this movie took forever to kind of get rolling, like, supposedly. Yeah. And then it finally came out five years later or whatever. So. But honestly, like, I don't know if it's the same people who wrote that series for YouTube that that did anything with this one. Because they're completely miss- different, except for the the old, like, back in the day storyline between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Because uh, they, yeah, they yeah. fleshed that out in that t- in that uh, show series on YouTube. That was one of the best mm-hmm. parts of it, was, was that oh, whole man. thing. But there was definitely of elements of that in this movie when it came to Sub-Zero and Scorpion. But yeah, check it out. Mm. It's very entertaining. I mean, don't expect it to be, you know, no fucking award-winning best actor in the Academy Awards. No, nigga. It's a fucking Mortal Con- It's fucking a beat-em-up movie. It's a goddamn kung fu movie. Right. That's what the fuck we came right. here for. That's what the fuck you get. So don't think that you're going to come here and you're going to watch the Mortal Kombat version of Titanic. No, nigga. That's not going to happen. Let me just say this. I started watching part of it, and I'm really blown that they didn't start it off with this right here. I think everybody was. Like, how did you not start that movie off like that? Like, how? I'll tell you how? this, though. At the end, they when they're doing the credits, they do a remix version of that, but it starts out just the same, and then they kind of remix it a little bit. As it goes on. Oh, see, I, I don't. I look, man. Don't. I, I don't. I don't like remixes. I told you. I told. We just <laughs> talked about this shit. I don't like remixes, niggas. Stop. Stop with this bullshit. Give me the original, okay? Give me the fucking Mortal Kombat uh, uh, original mm-hmm. 1995 intro. Mm-hmm. I, how did y'all not think of that? How, dog? This is what pisses me off because it's like, is there nobody that's familiar with the with the actual content that's like, tell, yo. Well, of we course they don't. Do they it. don't want to like. Okay, y'all have all this this story from over twenty years of Mortal Kombat being a thing. 
Like they have all yeah. the storyline that they need, but they want to make it funky. They want to make it fresh. They want to make it different, but it's just like, there's only so different that you really need to go with this. Like just fucking yeah. change up a few things here and there. Even if y'all change up the fucking race or the sex of a character, I don't give a fuck, but yo, don't, don't change up how the shit is supposed to go. Uh, but I will say like, I do like the new Raiden. He looks dope as shit, but I am still, on my man, that was the Raiden in the first couple movies, or I, I think it was oh, two yeah, different yeah. Raidens between one and two, the first ones. But yeah, it was, it was. Both them niggas, I fuck with both them niggas, so it was just, it's weird to see Raiden not as one of them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. Didn't they get like an Asian dude to play Raiden? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Every, like damn near everybody in the show is Asian. Like the yeah, only non-Asian I mean, but, but, people I saw were like Jax and Sonya, like I even think most of the bad to, guys were Asian. To be fair, I think that Scorpion is actually like if you look at the mythology of uh, of Mortal Kombat, I think he's actually Japanese. His name is Hanzo Hanzo Hattori or some shit, or maybe no, that's not that's yeah. from, that's from um what you call it from Kill Bill. My bad, Hattori Hanzo was a nigga who made the swords. Uh, what is his name? God damn it, I can't Scorpion. remember. But yes, yeah, he definitely. I think that Sub Zero is Chinese, but Scorpion is Japanese. There you go. He's Japanese for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorpion is Japanese, and and um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm blown that they didn't play that song, but yeah, definitely go check that out. I know I'm gonna watch that shit as soon as I get off this joint, so <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna talk about it more after I watch. There you go. All right, well, that will go ahead and end the podcast. We'll just kill it there. Uh, Y'all know where y'all can find us for your listening pleasure. Y'all can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, at HQ Podcast. And yes, that is all spelled out. And you can go to Facebook.com and search out Hip Hop Heads Podcast, and you'll find us that way also. Uh, Any other jewels you'd like to drop on the folks before we get up out of here? As a matter of fact, yes, let me just say this, y'all. Completely unrelated, but check this out. To all my ladies out there, when y'all break up with your niggas, we know based off of social media, all right? Y'all need to stop that shit. <laughs> that shit is unattractive. This is a girl that I went to school with that uh, I follow her, and I, and I think I knew she had a, a dude or whatever, and then it just, every other post is like relating to her, you know, breakup or whatever. I'm just like, dog. Oh, yeah, she fishing it, it, for it, attention it, at that point. She fishing for attention. That's just whack, bitch. If you bad, you bad. You over here doing all this extra shit. Stop it, y'all. Stop fishing for attention. If you a grown as adult on social media, y'all. Let's put that out there. Let's put that into the air. Not just women, not men too. Because a lot of men out here doing the same thing. All age but groups. <laughs> all age groups. They don't, grandfathers is doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. Believe me. So let's let's be better, y'all. Let's. The social media is not the whole entire real world y'all so exactly that's my gem exactly <laughs> all right and uh on that note hey yo be good and if you can't be good just be the best you can be and like i always say man if you at least make your mama proud you know that, that's the least you could do you make your mama proud fuck it everybody else can suck a dick <laughs> exactly keep your hands washed keep your ass washed and yo keep it keep it light and keep it righteous we out of here y'all peace peace